Hello, friends. Austin here. My favorite film of all time, Jurassic Park, celebrated its 30th anniversary. And one of my favorite Jurassic Park collectibles that I own is my issue 124 of Fangoria featuring one clever girl. Or should I say a velociraptor on the cover? Speaking of which, let's talk about Fangoria. Featuring exclusive articles about your favorite monsters and up-and-coming terrors, each collectible issue is sure to delight with fright. Be sure to check out the Fangoria store website for subscriptions and a bunch of cool merch. And while you're there, use promo code WOULDYOUDIESHOW for 20% off your entire order. That's right, 20% off your entire order. Applies to subscription and one-time orders. Applies to the first subscription order only. Now, it's time to talk about the Monster Squad. Death has come to your little town, Sheriff. Have you ever felt a knife cut through human flesh and scrape the bone beneath? You're gonna need a bigger boat. Be my victim. You are all my children now. Hello, my name is Austin Torres, and welcome to the Would You Die podcast, the show where we talk about our favorite horror monsters and villains. Today, I am joined by comic book writer, grantee medalist, and sleep researcher, Dylan Gilbertson. Hey, <laughs> thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited. This is going to be this is going to be a lot of fun. Like I said, you're a comic book writer. You're also a sleep researcher. How do yeah. you do both? <laughs> I don't even know. Uh, so there's a there's a joke that I always tell people, and it's that that people who study sleep get the worst sleep or get the least sleep. Uh, and I think that kind of helps. And so I remember this this is probably just hearsay or just a rumor, but I remember forever ago reading something that there was there's some inventor, some famous inventor whose name I cannot remember, so clearly not that famous. Uh, but, but what he used to do is he would hold on to to brass balls in his hands and he would hold them over metal plates and then he would start to fall asleep and then as he fell asleep he would let go of them and it would it would jolt him awake and the the idea was that this the space between wakefulness and sleep um is where like a lot of really weird creative thoughts can kind of intrude and kind of get in there um, and so I like to think that true. I've never seen a lot of evidence that that's true as a sleep researcher, but I like to think it is because that was how I kind of got the idea for my first published work, which was Sweetheart some years ago, which, um, which, which did a lot of good and I love. Uh, and so I, I like to think that, you know, being sleep deprived all the time makes you more creative and a better writer. <laughs> uh, I, I love my sleep, so I don't know if I can test that out for you, <laughs> but <laughs> but I thought that was really interesting. I'm sure you get a lot of Freddy Krueger questions, so I'm going to skip that for now. Uh <laughs> Not as many as you would think. I remember when I first started working in sleep, I specifically went back and looked at the, I, I made a point to go back and watch the original um, when Nancy has has her, her PSG done, the, the polysomnogram that she has to do it. And I was like, watching the needle move because like you you need to learn how to read sleep waves um which mm -hmm. is very difficult when you're first starting out and i mean the sleep the the, the sleep needle or the, the the sleep waves in that scene don't make sense but uh <laughs> the the method is sound the method is sound but the outcome doesn't make a lot of sense but 
You know, a low in a low budget indie movie from the eighties. We'll take that. Oh yeah, huge, <laughs> huge, huge props for getting as much right as they did. Oh yeah. <laughs> um. So you mentioned your first published work, Sweetheart. Yeah. Um. What got you into writing comics? Like, like everybody who's currently into comics, I've I've been a comic nerd for you know my entire life, and I never really thought I was created enough, creative enough to be a, a good creative writer. Um, I always ended up, I I felt like I was always copying other people's styles or, or or or, or ideas or whatever for my own little fun stories that I only wrote for myself. <clears throat> but then when I got to college, uh, I started learning a lot of things and then running the wrong direction with them. And so one of the examples is in a, a genetics class, we were learning just how close chimpanzees were to humans and like on the, on the genetic level, just what those small differences are. <clears throat> and I was like, that's so, that's such a, a minute difference. It's so small. Like what are the chances that like you could just have a random mutation in a chimpanzee and have a human that's fully born and like that's not possible like that can't really happen um spontaneously but like that's sort of where my mind with it and so i made up this fake story about uh, a character named humanzi who is just a regular dude he's just a regular dude who lived a normal <laughs> life he worked a nine to five job he wore a dirty white shirt and like cut off like dirty jeans and he was humanzi and that was his whole thing is he was just a man born from monkeys <laughs> um, and so it's just it was just silly little stories like that there was another one we did uh, i did with a friend called bare arm baby that is it's either it's either the best or the worst thing i've ever written <laughs> about there's another thing that i that i sort of ran the wrong direction with in genetics class about uh the premise of bare arm baby was there was some complication in the womb and so they opened up the womb to do some some prenatal surgery and then they accidentally, instead of using human DNA to repair something, they accidentally spilled bear DNA inside of it, or, or it was, yeah, it was bear DNA inside of it. And then the the doctor accidentally dropped a bunch of scalpels into the womb and sewed it up. And so that when the baby was born, he had these huge bear arms and he could walk, walk on his bear arms as if they were feet, you know, mm -hmm. uh, and he had on one of his hands, he had scalpels for claws. And it was, it's the stupidest thing. It became a web comic, but there's like 10 posts about it and it's short and it's terrible. And I love it. <laughs> and then it just all, it all kind of snowballed from there. I just sort of started working more and just, just practicing writing on my off time until it finally became something that I felt like I could show other people. And now you do it for, you know, a living. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pseudo living. Yeah. yeah. Well, the sleep research is a part of it too. I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> I like to say that that's a side gig that pays the bills. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. Right. So hearing, especially like these early, early creations of yours, were you like a monster kid growing up? Oh my God. I was such a monster kid growing up. And it, a lot of it, a lot of it came from Monster Squad. I believe the movie we're here to, we're here to talk about. And Did I not it, say the topic? I, I might've forgot I, to say I, the topic. <laughs> I don't know. I just, we, I just felt like we could have kept going on tangents and I, 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 I want to. <laughs> Um, oh my yeah, so, god! <laughs> no, anyway, but but the the I think a lot of my love for for monsters and horror in general came from Monster Squad. Monster Squad isn't really a horror film; it's sort of a horror adjacent film. It's sort of like mm -hmm. Goonies with Universal Monsters. Yeah, and it's it's always been my favorite film of all time. 
And so in in the beginning of the movie, Sean and Patrick, the the two the two main sort of main Patrick's kind of a side character, but Sean is there, uh, and they're in detention. They're getting in trouble from the principal for drawing monsters in the middle of Mrs. Carlson's science class. And they they start off the first thing that the 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 principal says is that you're drawing monsters, uh, you're drawing things in in Miss Carlson science class, uh, and he's asked them what the drawing is, and and Patrick goes spider with a human head, and I was like, and it, when I was like you know five years old when I first saw this movie, I was like that's the most creative thing I've ever heard of, <laughs> and so I tried to mimic them, uh, and I made my own little book of self made monsters, uh, one of which like I said when I was younger I often just sort of emulated what i saw um i had a spider with a human head um i had a, a sumo sumo wrestling what was it oh my gosh um this is unlocking like a core memory for now because <laughs> i haven't thought about this in so long i think it was a sumo wrestling praying mantis uh oh nice and like i was i wasn't a good artist and so they're all just like these really terrible little drawings but um but yeah so i had my own little booklet uh of monsters uh there was a time when my mom was late picking me up from school and I was very impatient. And so I decided to walk home and my home was like 10 miles away from the school. And so it's a very long walk for like a first grader. And so I was walking all that way. And as I was going, I was wondering, I was like, what if I get attacked by, by like Dracula or the Wolfman? And so on my way, <clears throat> I picked up like this, this, this wooden stake that I found lying in a ditch and I can I put that in my backpack and I was like, all right, I'm set. And then I found like this piece of like silvery looking metal on the ground. And I was like, all right, if I get attacked by the wolf, man, I've got silver. I'm set. And I put that in my pocket. And it's like, <laughs> and so when my mom found me on the side of the road, she was like, what is all this dangerous crap you've picked up? I was like, it's for protection, mom. And so like I had, I had amassed this tiny joke of an arsenal to protect myself from monsters because I, I was so in love with Monster Squad at the time. That's awesome. Was uh, Monster Squad something you saw in theaters or in on VHS? No, I was. It was VHS. So it. Uh, I was too young. So I was born in '88. Uh, Monster Squad, I believe, came out in '87. Yeah, that sounds so I, right. I was too young for that, and I never even had an official copy of it. Uh, I had it on VHS, on recorded VHS. So it was. We what we used to do is we had a dual VCR when I was a kid. And so what you could do is you could rent a movie from Sun Home Video in Prineville, Oregon, and you would stick it in one side and then you'd stick a recordable VHS on the other side. And then you'd hit the and then you'd hit play on both of them and it would record from one to the other. And so I had like this this bootleg copy of Monster Squad uh, on the same tape as Return to Oz. <laughs> <laughs> they're both on the same tape and i still have it that's the one so when i when i watched it again in prep in preparation for this i watched it on that vhs that's cool and it has not aged well on that vhs <laughs> i hadn't i hadn't seen it in a long time i have an 8k tv now and watching mm. an old an old scratchy bootleg vhs on an 8k tv is not a pleasant experience and it so doesn't I, sound like it <laughs> no I, I have to upgrade and get the dvd of it at some point but I'm sure there are multiple like remasters and stuff because that's a I don't know if it made a lot of money when it came out. I'm sure people listening will know and they're screaming the answer at me right now. But I do know that's like a cult hit, like oh, it yeah. aged well. 
Yeah, I think I, I I likened it to Goonies with monsters. And I think at the time when it came out, and I mean, I, I wasn't really alive when it came out. And so this is all just from what I've read and seen. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of people sort of bashed on it and said that it was just a, it was a straight Goonies ripoff. Um, and so people were like, oh, it's, it's trash, it's whatever. But then, you know, as things do in, in you know, popular culture, it, it sort of amassed this cult following. And now it's a, it's a huge hit with people. I got to say, we have a very weird similarity between the two of us. And I just think it's really funny. Um, You said Monster Squad was your favorite movie of all time. Yeah. And you were born the year after its release. Right. My favorite movie of all time is Jurassic Park. Mm-hmm. And I was born the year after that released. Oh, man. That's just so- <laughs> Maybe that's a thing. Maybe that's a maybe that's you know a weird phenomena people have. We start start looking into that. I've never seen. Well, I guess it's not like, hey, when were you born and what's your favorite movie? I don't think those two questions come up together too often. Yeah, no. But no, when no. you said that, I was thinking about it because I'm like, I always tell people how I'm because you always see on Twitter what was the best movie that came out the year you were born. And I'm like, well, my favorite movie of all time came out the year before. So yeah, I can't yeah. answer this. <laughs> I mean, ni- 94 was a banger for movies. I get Shawshank. I get Pulp Fiction. Yeah. I get Wes Craven's new nightmare. The Lion yeah. King in the mouth of Matt. And yeah, in the mouth of man. Like there's a lot of bangers that came out in 94, but I'm just like, could I be a little older? Can I can I be born in ninety three, please? <laughs> yeah, my one of my one of my answers for the favorite movie of the year I was born. Uh, Willow came out when I was born, uh, so that's a popular one that I get. And then Killer Clowns from Outer Space also came out. And then uh, oh, I feel like nice. that kind of had a resurgence lately, or uh, in the past few years, like Universal, yeah, uh, or parent no, was it Universal? Yeah, Universal sort of embraced it, and they're like, we know this is a terrible, cringe movie, and we know you love it, so let's make let's make merchandise for it. Well, it's good because, well, now they need a, a who did Monster, was Universal? Yeah, Universal must have done Monster Squad, right? Uh, I think it's a Lionsgate movie, Kurt. No, I think, uh... Oh, because you know what? It doesn't have to be Universal because like Frankenstein and Dracula, they're based off of books and they didn't do like the no. famous so, so color uh, makeup. Uh, a bit of uh, a bit of trivia about that is sure. they they didn't have the rights for some of those, so, so it they, couldn't have been they, Universal. Yeah, they had the rights for Dracula. Um, yeah. They had I, I I think they had like partial rights for Frankenstein, but they didn't have the rights for the creature from the Black Lagoon. That and makes so sense. They had, so they had to change like a percentage of of physical appearance and name for some. Like Frankenstein is called Frankenstein in them. Right. Uh, they what's so quick side note. I yeah. always thought it was funny in the movie. So they're giving the, there's a cool kid in the movie. His name is Rudy, and he's like the kid that's too cool to hang out for them, but does anyway. Mm-hmm. And they're like, we, before we let him into the club, we have to give him the monster test. And so they ask him all these questions about classic monsters. Uh, and one of them is is Frankenstein the name of the monster or the guy that made him. And he correctly answers by saying the guy, not that's not the monster's real name. Um, but then through the entire movie, they refer to him as as Frank or as Frankenstein. So it's like they know, but they call him Frankenstein. And I always kind of identified with that because I also had fellow monster nerds dump down my throat for calling Frankenstein's monster Frankenstein. I'm just like, listen, it's colloquial at this point. 
just call him <laughs> Frankenstein. Frankenstein's monster is a mouthful. Just shut up and roll with it. But yeah, so, uh, uh, so with the rights thing, um, like Frankenstein doesn't have bolts on his neck in the movie. So instead, they they had to change it somewhat. So instead, he has bolts kind of on his forehead. Like it looks like his face yeah. is pulled on. And then the 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 Gill Man, they call him. They couldn't call him the creature from the Black Lagoon. Um, so they had to call him Gill Man. The, that makes sense because I yeah. was thinking Universal did it, but no, Universal couldn't have because Universal created the creature from the Black Lagoon. Right. So if Universal made the Monster Squad, they wouldn't have any issue whatsoever with their own creation. <laughs> so that right. makes sense. Um, and you said Lionsgate put out Monster Squad. Well, I think because I I think it might now be lying it might have gotten passed or sold to lion oh is it, is that it, makes I mean, sense yeah i i think at the beginning of my vhs tape there is a quick tristar uh logo that comes up right before like because it start the recording starts right right yeah. as the tristar thing gets cut off i think and so i'm pretty i think it's tristar but it's currently uh Lionsgate or something or something silly like that gotcha Everyone listening at home, we're talking about corporate film rights. <laughs> so exciting! Related. If you need something to fall asleep to, this is the one. And uh, and we'll research you. <laughs> That's right. All See right. Uh, if Freddy Krueger attacks you while we're talking film law. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Cor- corporate bullshit. <laughs> oh my gosh. But yeah. It's- so with the Monster Squad, watched it VHS. Um, I was a lot older when I saw the Monster Squad for the first time, so I don't have that same nostalgia for it that I feel like a lot of people are lucky to have. Yeah. But I, I saw the classic monster movies and the Abbott and Costello meets like the Wolfman and meets yeah. Frankenstein. I saw those yeah. at a young age, so I have a nostalgia for them. What I really like about the Monster Squad is I feel like they do a really good job making those monsters like characters. Yeah. The, you talk about the Abbott and Costello ones or the like the Monster Oh, I'm sorry. I, I mean the Monster Squad. Yeah. So, yeah. So I I thought it was cool. They all kind of have their I don't want to say they only have they all have their little role, but they do feel like their own. Like you said, they have their own little personalities, right? Yeah. Like, like Dracula is is like the leader, right? He's the guy who's bringing all the monsters together to to hatch their scheme. And then like the Wolfman is kind of kind of the wild card. Like he's just this deranged dude who doesn't want to be a monster, but ends up being a monster. And so he he just sort of runs off and just sort of does his own thing for a lot of it. And then and the mummy, I always felt like was the oddball. Like if if the Wolfman is the is the is the deranged wild card, the mummy was just like the the kid who doesn't understand the assignment. <laughs> so he's just he's just lumbering through the whole movie and just sort of magoos his way into uh into situations with the kid. And it like he never really felt like a threat. He just kind of felt like he was there. He's just like, hey, I think I'm supposed to be doing something with you guys, but just don't tell my boss. I'm I'm not I'm really sure what I'm doing, kind of a thing. <laughs> Frankenstein is is the sympathetic character. Like, uh, yeah, Dracula refers to him as as old friend, and Frankenstein refers to Dracula as boss or master. But like, he uh, Frankenstein clearly doesn't want to be a villain, kind of like he is in the, in the classic book. And there's a there's a cool homage 
in there where like i think when they first meet frankenstein in the movie they're near this lakeside and phoebe the little girl is the one who introduces frankenstein to the monster squad uh and in the book like there's there's a famous scene where he actually kills a little girl near near a lake and, and drowns her but um, and so I thought that was a neat little touch later when I, after I'd read Frankenstein for the first time. Um, but yeah, I, I love what they did with all of them. Uh, I think Dracula, the two Dracula and Wolfman, these are my two favorite adaptations of those characters of all time. The Wolfman in particular, I hadn't seen, and I, a lot of this, I will say is nostalgia, mm-hmm. uh, that the Wolfman's transformation in this movie is the best wolfman transformation in film and i know everyone all of the american werewolf fans are are (laughs) adding i can hear i can hear them typing right now i can hear them adding me on twitter and sending me threats but uh, no i'm doing that after the interview okay okay that's That's everyone Um, else i'm waiting i'm patient i'm a good host you're 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 a gentleman you're a gentleman's uh uh, exactly yeah. <laughs> um yeah and, and that one that one's admittedly it is very 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 good it's great in a different respect i think than the wolfman's transformation in monster squad mm-hmm. in american werewolf it's you see everything like you see the elongation of the hand of the snout yeah um it doesn't shy away the monster squad takes a bit of a less is more approach it's a lot of, it's a very intense music. There's a lot of very quick cuts and there's an explosive ending. Um, I'm talking about the, the scene where he's in the, uh, he's in the phone booth talking with Sean's dad, like trying to convince his dad to come down and stop what's happening. And then mm-hmm. as he's doing it, like there's this, there's this pan that, that happens, it, it pans to the left. Uh, and they use that as like a, a, a way to, intercut a, a like the, to basically pause the scene and then and then put in the guy with prosthetics in there and so it, it looks it's very seamless and so the the camera pans uh the metal bar like basically does a screen wipe and then there's this scene now where he's got a little bit of hair and he starts growling he says he's going to kill your son and then there's some some spit that comes out and then it shows him again uh there's a very quick cut and he his his eye sockets are sort of bulging out um, the bones, the zygoma bones uh, below are extending and he starts screaming and then he bends down his shirt rips. And the next thing you know, he busts. There's this very explosive ending where he just crashes through the the phone booth and, there, and, it, and he growls and then he runs off. And like it's so quick and you see so little. But what you do see is incredibly effective. And I just can't I can't put any other transformation above it just because of its effect. And I, I I'll say again, I understand a lot of its nostalgia, mm-hmm. but I, I still think it's masterfully crafted. I love it. Oh, just because one werewolf transformation is like a masterpiece doesn't mean others can't be, you know what For I sure. mean? Absolutely. Cause I, I'm sure there are people out there that think the howling has the best yep. transformation and yeah. that's valid. Yeah. Like, and I'm sure there's more I can't think of. I think those are three yeah. really good those are ones. Solid ones. The one in um yeah. the one in Trick or Treat is actually pretty oh, good. Oh yeah, that one's great. I love that, that really one. Good. And like I feel like for me personally, I have a lot of nostalgia for the American Werewolf in London one. It helps that I feel like I'm with the general consensus. But at the same time, I know that one's my favorite because 
when I was growing up and I'm um, we're around the same age. I'm just like a little bit younger. So you probably remember this, but Bravo used to have this thing called the 100 scariest movie moments. Yeah. It was like 2004. Yeah. yeah. Um, that was hugely influential to me. I'm sure I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but I think that that might be the single most influential TV show for me. Yeah, that was a good one. I I remember it being on. I, I have very vague memories of it, but I do remember staying up too late uh, and like watching it. Um, but it was always too long. And so I could never watch all of it. I always fall asleep. Yeah. I vividly remember being eight or nine years old and it's Halloween night. And we went to my madrinas and padrino, their house, after I was done trick-or-treating and my padrino, my godfather had it on and and I was just like sitting there watching and being traumatized by I specifically remember the American werewolf in London transformation. Yeah. I remember I remember Suspiria really freaking me out. Oh yeah. To the point where I have still have not seen that movie. <laughs> it's 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 really weird. Uh that's a movie like people put Suspiria up there in the greatest of all time like it's in a lot of people's top fives because of how how good it is but like when you're if you watch that when you're young like it's not like jaws or even nightmare on elm street where like right. you always have like a firm grasp of what's happening suspiria is very very weird and i think when you're a kid like that's like abstract weirdness in horror is very difficult to come to terms with um, i still haven't <laughs> yeah, I don't blame you. <laughs> That's like probably the biggest horror film that in the OK, I'm I'm going to make people angry because I know I've said this on a podcast episode recently or one I just recorded. I have not seen The Lost Boys. Oh, man, I, I won't be that guy. I'm not going to be that guy. I, gonna, I, I get I'm not it shame you for it. There's a lot of, I, there's a lot of <laughs> great movies I have also not seen. But I feel like as a horror, if I have the audacity to host a horror movie podcast, my, <laughs> I should be I should have watched The Lost Boys and Suspiria already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen the yeah. remake of Suspiria. <laughs> I mean, that's that's good, too. There's, there's, no, there's that one's a good one. There's a it was a good movie. Yeah, there's there's some remakes that I think of horror movies that I think don't get enough credit for how good they are compared to the original. Suspiria is one of them. I think it's very, very good. What was uh, another one that came up recently? Fright Night. The remake of Fright Night, I think it's a lot of hate, but I think it's it's very, very solid. I didn't <clears throat> know they remade Fright Night. Yeah. I'll have to check that out. I like I, I like the original. I think it's got Anton, I forget his last name, Anton Yelvik. He was- Oh, this came out a, a couple years ago. Yeah, I think it was like 2011 or 2010. Okay, because I think he passed in 2015, 2016. Yeah, um, it's also got uh, Colin Farrell. I think plays plays the okay. villain. Yeah, I definitely need to check check this out. Yeah, highly recommend. I also think this isn't a remake, but the the Thing prequel that I think came out in 2011. Mm -hmm. um, did you see that one? You know what? I watched it kind of recently. I, I want to say I watched it two years ago in 2021. Yeah. Um. I'll I'll just say it. I don't get what the hate was for. Yeah, I didn't think I it was bad. 
a lot of people from at least from what I've heard, they really don't like the CGI in it. And like I'll I'll say the CGI is not perfect. It's not great. No, there um, there is bad CGI in that. But, I, I get but that. But I don't think it's as bad as people say it is. Um, but I think that that sort of <clears throat> the hatred sort of gets fueled by the fact that when they started filming the movie through a lot of the production, they used practical effects like they did. Oh, I did hear about the carpenter one. And then something I don't remember what it was that happened. It was budgetary or some some editing some some higher up was like doesn't look good enough or something ridiculous. And so they made them use cgi and they didn't have enough time to perfect it and it ended up looking the way it did but but yeah. uh the cgi aside I, I think that movie is isn't as bad as people say it is i like it uh no i agree wholeheartedly i'm like people are treating it like it's the worst thing they've ever seen i'm like it's not that bad like yeah. Yeah, yeah. i like i liked it for what it was now if i had to pick between that or john carpenter's the thing oh yeah john carpenter all day. The, yeah but, i'm not I'm not sure. crazy. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah people, so yeah, people tend to forget that when when a, a movie or a, a a game or a show is made with the IP of something they love, that it doesn't actually ruin that thing. Right. Right. People and forget that. We're we're going we're going all in on this tangent. All right. I'm about to piss a lot of people off. Oh no. Indiana Jones in the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull is not a bad movie, guys. <laughs> I don't I think you're you might be going down a path that I cannot follow. So I, I, oh. I so oh. I'll say I, I, I'll meet you. I'll meet you kind of in the middle. So mm -hmm. I I wasn't I'm not a fan of Crystal Skull, but yeah. it by no means detracted from the greatness of the of the first three. Right. Now, I do have to say, I think the original three are great movies. I think Crystal Skull is a fine movie. Okay. All right. Like, Fair. but people are out there, like, the backlash was horrible. You, yeah. Like, there people was... were like, this is the worst thing I've ever seen. And it's like, no, it's not yeah, that it's not. bad. It's not. You no, know, it's not. And like, yeah, there was a. And I have a feeling they're going to do it I... with the new one. Yeah, I haven't I haven't watched South Park in so long, but I think when it mm -hmm. came out, there was a South Park episode about it and how it ruined everyone's childhood and this whole this whole thing. It's like, yeah, listen, it didn't ruin anything. It's just it's just a new thing that wasn't for you. You still have the other stuff, so just chill. Exactly, and um, like Raiders is still one of the greatest movies of all time. Yeah, it's never like it doesn't affect Raiders, but yeah, and then. People are still like, I guarantee you when the new indie comes out, there's going to be a bunch of people like this ruined Indiana Jones. And I'm going to have to come up with the receipts and be like, I'm sorry. I thought Kingdom of the Crystal Skull ruined Indiana Jones. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that's not to say like you're people aren't allowed to dislike the movie. You can dislike any movie. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just think we need to chill by calling movies the greatest are the worst things we've ever seen. When yeah. most of them are just okay. Just people, people as a whole, just got to chill out a little bit about, about popular culture. Yeah. Cause like if the new indie movie is bad, I'm going to be like, oh no, that was mm -hmm. bad. Time to drink. I mean, like I'm it's not going to be a big deal. 
<laughs> I'm always excited for the prospect. I'm I'm excited yeah. of what of what the new indie could be. I'm excited for it. I'm I'm a huge Indiana Jones fan, and honestly, the way I look at it is is if Harrison's down for it, I'm down for it. <laughs> I mean, there you go. And Harrison is notoriously uh, curmudgeon-y about yes. a lot of things, and so if he's if he's willing to do it, there must be something to it. And uh, aside from the paycheck, (laughs) millions of dollars, millions of dollars can sway a lot of opinion. So I suppose like for the whole media thing with uh, the Force Awakens, Mm. um, when that came out, he was all grumpy and curmudgeon during that. Yeah. But now, like with he's tearing up at the uh, at the Cannes Film Festival like introducing the new indie movie yeah. he's excited beyond his mind it's like he loves indie <laughs> yeah 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 part of it part i mean he loves indie but a small part of that is the fact that it's not han solo because he, he famously doesn't like being han solo and so the fact that he's got this other thing is probably pretty pretty great and then and then even if he didn't have indie he still has a bunch of great movies that I think separates him from Han Solo, like Blade Runner, The yep. Fugitive, Witness, Air Force One. I fucking love Air Force One. It's it's good. <laughs> it's a good one for sure. But we'll we'll get off the Harrison Ford tangent for yeah, now. We, I we guess got, we went real deep into the rabbit hole there on on tangents. <laughs> Not bad. Not bad though. Bringing it bringing it back to the Monster Squad. Uh, yeah. Chewbacca versus the Wolfman. That's my segue. Oh, no. my God. <laughs> so, so let's, let's roll with that for a second. Okay. So okay. One, of the, one of the things that I really do love about Monster Squad is it answers some questions that I think as a kid I had. And, like, in general, like, you can ask about, like, uh, creatures, monsters, movies, stories that have specific rules um Mm -hmm. so like dracula um gets killed by sunlight um he can't do crosses he can't do garlic and so like pizza has garlic in it and so like you like there might be either a child or a stoner in college being like what if you what if you what if you put pizza on his face (laughs) monster squad answers that when Horace puts a slice of pizza on Dracula's face, it burns his face because it's got garlic in it. Um, and so to bring it, so so that brings me to uh, one of the questions in the the monster test that they give Rudy is, uh, how do you kill a werewolf? Or what are, what are two ways to kill a werewolf? And Rudy says, shoot him with a silver bullet. And they're like, and? And he's like, that's it. Shoot him with a silver bullet. And then he's like, nope, sorry, got it wrong. And they're like, okay, well, then what's the other way? And then they they're scrambling for answers because they also don't know. And so <laughs> say all these various things like uh, uh, ac- a car crash, accident with power tools, old age, and like they're all joke answers. And then Sean says, or throwing him out of a window onto a bomb. And like your mind first is like, maybe if you blow him up to smithereens, what's he going to do? Magically right. come back together? The answer is yes, he is. Because <laughs> um, then later in the movie, um sean's dad puts a piece of dynamite down the wolfman's pants and shoves him out a window and he blows him to smithereens uh and then like you there's this really awesome scene where like half of the wolfman is just sort of like laying on the cement and like all of his body parts like just sort of 
swoosh back together and he becomes a whole monster again. So Chewbacca is famous for ripping people's arms off for losing, <laughs> right? Yeah. Now, Chewbacca, as far as I know, and like people that are deep in the Star Wars lore can correct me on this if I'm wrong, but cannot reattach his own limbs if they are removed from his body. Wolfman absolutely can. And so I think just on that basis alone, Wolfman wins. You know what? That's fair because we don't know if Chewbacca carries silver on him. I mean, he's got a bow caster. He's got lasers, which aren't silver. But they'll, yeah, that they'll blow um, the Wolfman to smithereens. But if he's just going to keep coming back, Chewbacca's going to run out of ammo at some point. That's what I'm saying. Uh, <laughs> Chewbacca's got like that. Uh, he's got like a bandolier on. I don't know what those boxes are made out of. Those could be silver. Maybe you could beat him to death with one of those boxes or something. I don't know. Yeah. And, it, and now we're getting into like Star Wars medals. And it's like, does best <laughs> does best scar have silver properties Ooh, that could be the second way to kill a werewolf that the monster squad didn't know about is best yeah guy. because I like because like uh the mandalorian got this in the bag like yeah that's yeah that's true i think that's it that's i'm that's in my head canon now <laughs> that if if rudy had said beskar that would have been the correct answer <laughs> to the monster the monster test now I'm just imagining the Monster Squad recruiting Boba Fett. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. What? So, uh, so in the Monster Squad, in during mm-hmm. one of the one of it, during during the montage, where like they're all preparing to fight the monsters, like Rudy's melting down uh, his, uh, Sean's mother's silverware to make bullets. He's got like a bullet mold in middle school. I don't know how or why he's got it, but he's got it. So he's making silver bullets out of silverware. Um, they're sharpening uh, wooden wood down to wooden stakes to kill the the vampires. Um, <clears throat> so Eugene is is the little kid. Um, his dog's name's Pete, and he's adorable. Um, <laughs> Eugene's job is to write a letter to the army to bring the army to the city of Los Angeles to uh, help them defeat the monsters. And it's written in the fattest little child handwriting big big wide letters on super wide lined paper that you see in like kindergarten yeah it says something to the effect of dear army guys there are monsters please come something something that simple and ridiculous and then he folds it up and he puts it in the envelope and and presumably mails it off and then at the very end of the movie the army comes the army (laughs) answers that letter and the 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 sergeant or whoever it is that's leading this 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 huge battalion of tanks and foot soldiers rolling down the streets of Los Angeles says, "Where's Eugene?" Like he's there specifically to address this letter, uh, and he's and he's he's like, "Where are they? Where are the monsters?" Like he absolutely believed that there were monsters in this city, and it's just even as a child, I'm like, "That's silly." That's just ridiculous, and I love it. It had no qualms with just throwing logic out the window for that, and so that in a perfect me- world that would happen. In a very, it would the army it would, would believe every because there were actually monsters. <laughs> yeah, every five year old's letter that gets written to the army gets answered with extreme prejudice. <laughs> but so I think yeah. I think Eugene has some, I don't know, like some some bard level magic in him <laughs> and when he writes a letter you have you're compelled to to answer the letter 
And so I think with that, uh, Eugene could recruit Boba Fett and the Mandalorians to come and help fight the monsters. I love I love this. I got to mm-hmm. I got to pivot the tangents for a second because right. I completely forgot about that ending. Yeah. And as you were describing it, it didn't make me it didn't remind me of the I see it now in my head. But as you were describing it, my head went straight to Jurassic Park three because it basically ends the same way. And I'm like, oh, my God, Jurassic Park three ripped off the monster squad. I'm trying to remember the end of Jurassic Park. I think the only thing I really remember of Jurassic Park three was the aviary. Well, that is the most memorable part for sure. But the so what happens is they have this whole subplot of um, Billy stealing the raptor eggs and the velociraptors are chasing the group now. And after they escape the Spinosaurus by like catching it on fire in the river, they finally can hear the coast and they're heading towards it and they get stopped by the raptors. Yeah. So they have to give the eggs back and the raptors go on their way and then they hear helicopters and then they make it to the coast. And then there's this guy is with on the beach by himself. And then he has a megaphone and he's like, Dr. Grant, Dr. Grant. Yeah. And then William H. Macy and his movie wife is like, stop. That's a very bad idea. And then like the entire army and the Marines, I think, come yeah. in like the helicopters yeah, and, yeah, as, and, as and all the boats. Yeah. It, it's I'm watching it as you describe it. Yeah, I remember this. Yeah, yeah. I can't believe I I have not seen Jurassic Park three in a little while, so I can't believe I described it that well. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you did fine job as far as I'm concerned. I mean, maybe maybe I was just making it up in my head as you said it. So like <laughs> I, I see, I think I remember that now. Yeah, yeah. And I just think it's so funny that both of these movies basically end the same way. They're basically the same film. Let's be honest. They're the same. <laughs> I think the Monster Squad's a little bit better. Yeah. <laughs> Right. And I'm not I'm not trying I'm not a Jurassic Park three hater. I'm just saying <laughs> yeah, Jurassic yeah. Jurassic Park three is not that bad. And it also ain't that good. It's OK. Yeah, it's like that. Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, um, the <laughs> thing 2011, like solid two and a half to three star movies. There you go. There you go. Just an acceptable film to have on at some point in your life. And like I, I'd watch it again, like if I'm doing my laundry or something, I'll put on Jurassic Park three. Why not? Yeah. Hey, throw it on there. Like, <laughs> but God, now I'm thinking of Jurassic Park. Okay, back to the Monster Squad. Back Monster to squad. the Monster Squad. Uh, yes, I got a question. Yes, I have answers. They might not be good or correct, but I have answers. Well, if that's your opinion, then it's correct. Oh, well, all right. This, I mean, this is the internet. so you, True, you know, that's true. We're not allowed right. to have opinion. Actually, that's a whole other tangent. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, well, yeah well, let's bury that. Let's bury that yeah. one in the sand. Exactly. In Jumanji style and some kids. Exactly. Some, so some Star Wars, The Last Jedi. If we yeah. want to talk about it. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. no. What have you done? <laughs> like but, our, face, uh, our faces melt off like Raiders. Yeah, exactly. Like Raiders. Yeah. <laughs> you mentioned earlier how Dracula, it was Monster Squad has your favorite adaptations of Dracula and the Wolfman are portrayals of Dracula and the Wolfman. Yeah. What is your favorite monster in the Monster Squad? It's it's Wolfman. It can't it is not Wolfman. be the Wolfman. It's great. He's so good. So everything about the Wolfman from from the human uh performance to 
uh, the creature performance are played by two different people are stellar. Um, I mean, the Wolfman, uh, the, I think the guy in the wolf suit is is a guy named Carl Thibault. And I think he's only done, a lot, he mostly does creature stuff. Um, I think he was, uh, he did like puppetry for the Graboids in, in Tremors. He did, I think he was an Alien 3 to some extent, but he's he's a behind the, the makeup kind of guy. And and granted, you don't have to do a lot of, of acting with it, but like he, his, his, his posture is great. Um, but the performance, um, um, by the human character, um, who I don't think has a name, he's just the Wolfman as human. I don't think they ever say him at all. Um, but I found out recently, quick side note, that that's played by John Grease, who is Uncle Rico from Napoleon (laughs) Dynamite. Oh, shit. (laughs) I mean, they couldn't be more different. Granted, they're like, what, 30 years apart or 20 years apart or whatever. Um, about but that yeah. in mind when I found that out. But he's he's so emotional, and I get goosebumps every time he. There's a scene in the police station when you when you're first introduced to him, um, where he's trying to get the police to lock him up because he's a werewolf and he doesn't want to kill anybody, and like he's just he's throwing cops left and right. It's gorgeous. He's throwing them through windows. Um, he's throwing them into desks. He's he's just just annihilating these cops. And, uh, and then he finally gets a hold of one of their guns and just, instead of, he, so he doesn't kill any of the cops. He just like beats the crap out of them because he's, he's a good guy. Like he just is a, yeah. he's a good guy in a bad way. Um, which I think in most of the popular iterations of the Wolfman are, um, just a good yeah. guy who's cursed with this terrible, with this terrible thing. And instead of shooting anybody with the gun, which would ensure that he gets locked up, obviously, he just shoots into the air and just shouts, lock me up. And like the intensity of that scene gives me goosebumps. I've seen this movie over a hundred times easily. And I get goosebumps every time I watch that scene. And then like the the cops, the cops shoot him and and kill him because now he's a crazy dude with a gun inside of a inside of a police station, right? And then uh his his corpse gets loaded onto the the ambulance and then he comes back to life on the ambulance and and uh, the there's this the, the scene inside the ambulance is very moody, it's very creepy, um, and the sound effects are so disgusting. Um, it's another like I, I think all so in addition to the the phone booth scene being an incredible transformation on its own, the way that different parts of the transformation are shown through like three different scenes in the whole movie is also very great. Uh, in the ambulance, you don't see it too much. Again, like you just see his hands and like they're sweating and he's kind of, he's supposed to be dead. And so the fact that he's moving his hands is very creepy. Um, And like just the sound, like the sloshing grossness of how sweaty his hands are. And then his his wolf toes um, just like break out of the bottom of his feet um, because they're growing and just like the the ripping, the the visceral ripping sound of the leather of his shoes. um, Just like, these these are sounds that like I just have stored forever in my in my audio memory bank just because of how how unique they are and i love them so much short answer is wolfman <laughs> he's great he's so I love great. that yeah conversely that is your favorite monster squad monster mm-hmm. is the wolfman also your favorite universal classic monster are are those different for you because for me they're different my favorite monster squad and my favorite classic monster. Yeah, that's a tough question. I think if you're being a purist, 
and you go with like the original black and white universal monsters i think dracula is is my number one if you think about like of all the different iterations of all these different creatures um i think it's still wolfman but there's a special spot for the mummy if not just for yeah, I can you give give me the nod, yep. like you the knowing nod. Like, yeah, the, the mummy with Brendan Fraser <laughs> yeah. is just oh gosh, it's so perfect. That movie, it's that movie deserves an entire like podcast of its own. Like not not an episode of a podcast. Like it, an, it, entire, oh, yeah. an entire podcast dedicated solely to that movie. So good. And so what, I, what, I, I saw a criticism once of it where it's like it's just a wannabe raiders. And I'm like it's still a four and a half star movie. Let's be real. <laughs> you know what? Monster Squad is quote unquote a wannabe Goonies. And guess what? It's the greatest movie of all time. So there. Exactly. There. Like, it's just the Goonies with monsters. Yeah, I'm sold. Uh, yeah, yeah. I want to see great, that. <laughs> great sales pitch. Where do I sign? Yeah. It's yeah, like. It's, I love it. Predator is uh is just Commando, except it turns into a Space Jason movie. <laughs> instant favorite <laughs> yeah that should be on the back of the box yeah exactly um didn't ridley scott pitch alien as jaws in space yeah i believe that's i think that's the that's the famous story for it at least yeah uh, fun uh fun <laughs> connection to monster squad fred decker wrote monster mm -hmm. squad uh fred decker i believe or no shane black so shane black wrote monster squad shane black also starred in Yep. or co-starred in and helped write Predator. Yeah, and Shane Black has had a monster of a career, pun intended, with yeah. le the Lethal Weapon movies, The Nice yeah. Guys, Iron Man 3, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang Shane Black, right? Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. think so. I, I mean, saw, that movie, saw that movie once years ago. I seem to remember it was a Shane Black flick, though. It's funny, because like with Shane Black, like I think he's a fantastic writer, a great filmmaker, um, I'm not the biggest fan of Iron Man 3, and I'm definitely not a fan of The Predator, which came out in 2018. Yep, same. Um, even though I saw that movie twice in theaters because fans <laughs> go hard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but <Sure>. uh, <laughs> I think The Nice Guys is quietly one of the best movies of the 2010s. Yep, that's another that's another weird one where I saw it once, I don't remember a lot of it, but I vividly remember absolutely loving it while I was watching yes. it. It's a movie I keep meaning to watch again, but just haven't gotten around to. I get that. I get that. No, I, I think Shane Black is fantastic. And when you, when you make movies that good, you're allowed a few duds. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And everyone's allowed a few duds. I mean, let's be real. Like You can have all duds if you want. Exactly. As well, long as you're doing the work. Yeah, it's your Keep life. Keeping up, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? Someone's like someone's worst movie of all time is someone's favorite movie of all time. That's right. That's right. Because opinions are bullshit. <laughs> they don't really matter. Yeah. Star Wars: The Last Jet. I'm not kidding. No, get out of here with that. Don't curse us. Don't put that evil on me. I I'm afraid. I I I'm not even gonna say it. I'm afraid to express any opinions about the Last Jedi. Just, but that's the last. That's the last we're allowed to say that. If we say it one more time, he's gonna appear like Beetlejuice. <laughs> exactly. the The porg's gonna pop up. 
<laughs> I don't care what anyone thinks about those movies. I fucking love the Porgs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Porgs are. But I, we're getting we're getting too close. We're flying too close. <laughs> oh, to oh we're flying too close. Yeah, we gotta fly okay. casual. There, there. Return okay. of the Jedi. We're we're in safe. We're in a safer space. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah. So your favorites are uh, the Wolfman, Dracula, and. A special well, place in your heart for the mummy. Well, what are your favorites? So if I'm going by just the monster, yes. Yeah. If I'm going by just the monster squad, it's Gilman. Yeah. He's I love Gilman in this mm. movie. He gets so little screen time and it's such a shame because the makeup is so good. It's one of my favorite monster designs. And fun fact, Gilman is played by Tom Woodruff Jr. Who, uh, I mean, at this time, he's working with St the legendary Stan Winston, mm -hmm. but Tom Woodruff Jr., um, he would go on and from working with Stan Winston, and he became a legendary effects maker and creature effects maker in his own right, like doing Alien versus Predator. He's, mm. He worked on Prey, like he's still yeah. with Predator. Yeah, I think he worked on the new It movie as well, the 2017 one. I think you're right. Yeah. 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 So that's a legend, and he learn from the legend stan winston which we haven't really talked that much about him but i know i have on the podcast so yeah, any, yeah. anyone's listening you who don't know who spoken breaths about that man and, and well deserved too yeah. but in case anyone's listening and you don't know who stan winston is he's a legendary creature effects maker well he did the dinosaurs for jurassic park yep yep he designed the predator he designed the Terminator. He did um, Basically aliens. So he uh, designed that Xenomorph Queen. Yeah, and he did this movie. Yeah. So it's an, I mean another another feather on the Monster Squad cap is that it's got it's got people. I, I don't know if if Stan Winston worked directly on Monster Squad. Did he? I don't I don't know if he did, but I know I know that people who worked with him worked on the movie. I think uh, it was his studio. That's but that that sounds right. That's probably right. right. So I mean, so I'm sure he was directly involved in one manner or another. Uh, I do. I want to go back way back to the beginning of this podcast and make a correction oh, about okay. about Wolfman, uh, where I said Carl Thibault. So Carl Thibault plays Wolfman, and I think I actually confused him with Tom Woodruff Jr. Because uh, mm. I was saying, I think I was saying that Carl was in stuff like like uh, like Tremors uh, and Alien Three pretty certain that that's actually tom woodruff jr and so let's just hand wavy hand wavy magic um, <laughs> that's uh that's my bad no worries man and i did i did look it up a little bit the special effects were um stan winston studio but the team was headed by tom woodruff jr there we go okay so and stan winston kind of did the concept arts okay so so we he helped with the designs, but I, it seemed like it was Tom Woodruff Jr.'s uh, his show. Yeah. Okay. That was maybe like uh, he was still working with Stan, but it just sort of got um, that was sort of a project he got assigned to probably from the studio. I think so, because this came out in 87 and I know the Stan Winston studio was working on Predator that same right. year. So right, right. Stan was probably the A team on Predator and this was probably the B team. There you go. Doesn't show though. No, it no, it does not. <laughs> Monster Squad is eighteen through and through. Oh yeah, 
And you know what? Sometimes a B team does better. Like, I think the story goes, the eight at Disney, the A team all wanted to work on Pocahontas while the B team worked on a little movie called The Lion King. Mm, that's right. You heard it here. Monster Squad is the Lion King to Predator's Pocahontas. I did not say that at all. <laughs> they're, both, they're both great films, though. No, no, they're both equal. Um, At least in um special effect, like creature, they're both equal because like yeah. it's the same team, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When, when you have a team of legends, all MVPs, like, <laughs> no, I think the designs in the Monster Squad are A tier. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. They're, yeah. they're so good. Um, one of but the, you, you do no... not come after a Predator super fan like that. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there is one, there's one thing in Monster Squad, mm-hmm. uh, vis- v, I guess you can call it VFX. Uh, so in the beginning of the movie, the the camera is sort of panning through Dracula's castle and like you're seeing a bunch of bats and like coffins that are opening up and like hands coming out of them and whatnot. And the credits are rolling mm-hmm. and there's armadillos just walking around and it's weird. And I, I as a kid, I didn't really think much about it. But then as I got older and I kept watching the movie, I was like, why are there armadillos just chilling in Dracula's castle? And I never understood it. Uh, until I was like, I was reading something about Monster Squad. I don't know. I don't know how many years ago at this point, but they're supposed to be rats. Like those are supposed to be giant rats. And I was like, hold up. Who on their, who on the set decided that an armadillo looked just like a rat? Because that's ridiculous. Now there's just armadillos (laughs) chilling in Dracula's castle for no good reason. It's ridiculous. (laughs) Armadillos are cool. I, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I mean, if if Dracula <laughs> ends up being like an armadillo hoarder, like a, like a crazy cat lady, but yeah. armadillos, I'd buy it. And that's my headcanon now. Yeah, yeah. That he just collects armadillos and names them people names. Yeah, exactly. People names. This is, no, it's, it's people. This is, Be- this is Beatrice. This is Sally. No, it's people names, but with Dillo at the end of each name. Here's Sally. Paul Dillo. Sally, Sally Dillo. Dillo. Yeah. Patrick Dillo. Patrick Dillo, yeah. <laughs> no, that's good. That's perfect. <laughs> and that's how it shall forever be. Mm-hmm. That is that is the headcanon. Yeah. And I'm going to write and pitch on the Monster Squad 2, and I'm going to make it real canon. It's yeah. happening. <laughs> so before we were talking, how did we talk? Oh, we were talking about the thing. Um, and like the yeah, prequels yeah. for it. I think prequels are fun. Uh, a lot of sometimes they don't pan out, sometimes they do. Uh, but the prequels are a lot of fun. But on my most recent watching, just the other night when I was preparing for this podcast, I was thinking about the his in the movie. His name is just Scary German Guy, mm-hmm. and he's he's the one that helps the kids out to decipher Van Helsing's diary. He speaks okay. German, and and there was a cool thing that I never understood when I was younger, and then I eventually did, like when I was in high school, um, where at as the kids are leaving the house he he says something about how they they may have thought he was a vampire but he's not because he has a reflection and he points to his reflection in the mirror and the kids are are they sort of marvel they're like wow you know a lot about monsters and he's like now that you mention it i suppose i do and then he closes the door and the the camera zooms in on this writing this this tattooed number he has on his wrist and if you look around his house he's got like a menorah um and he's got like all these different um, like uh, uh, things from the Jewish faith, like all sort of sort of yeah. decorated around his house. 
and like there's a, there's a lot of talk about World War II in Monster Squad, and so like the obvious connection that I didn't make when I was a child, but did later in life, is that he was a Holocaust survivor, and I was mm-hmm. like, wow, that's that's a crazy deep line for this film. That's nuts. Yeah. But what I noticed on my most recent watching, to bring it back to the prequel thing, is that when he's first reading the book to the kids, and he's describing like the. <clears throat> the uh, the ritual that has to be performed and how often it, it, it happens and things like that. At one point he looks up from the book and he's just saying it without reading the book. And he's saying it as if from memory with this intense conviction, as if he knows exactly what needs to be done as if he had been there before. And so at that moment, I was like, we need this man's backstory. We need to know like, was he, is he one is he, I don't know, maybe he got bit by Dracula at some point during the skirmish he had with mm-hmm. Van Helsing in Van Helsing's castle from the beginning of the movie. Like, I, or maybe he just like had some other encounter with monsters back in the 40s or whatever. There, I think Hitler was like, there's a bunch of like movies that have been made about, you know, Nazi Germany and how they were into weird occult stuff. Um, and so like maybe he was in, maybe, I don't know, maybe he interacted with, you know, some of those experiments what was that that movie Overlord? Did you ever see that movie? Yeah. When when yeah. you said when you said Nazis obsessed with the occult, I'm I'm I was thinking Raiders again. Yeah. So like so maybe maybe he was <laughs> like yeah maybe he was in Overlord too and like had to had to fight you know some occult monstrosities that came came about or whatever. But but like I think there's just so much interesting stuff about quote unquote scary German guy um, that that uh, could could do well in a prequel movie and then people can hate it and say that it ruined monster squad and then we can be like chill out no it didn't i'm going to take it one step further what if it was a monster squad prequel slash indiana jones crossover oh now we're talking now we can ruin two fan bases right (laughs) for the price of org (laughs) no 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 but if we were to cross over the Monster Squad, I think that that would be a fun 80s like yeah, mashup. Yeah, a lot of fun. Um, Indiana Jones teaming up with Scary German Guy. We'll have to come up with a better name for him. Yeah, um, oh yeah, we'll give him we'll give him a real name. And it would it be the same monster group, or would it be Dracula with a different team? I think. What is it? Uh, let's see. It, it, you could play probably... around with it. Yeah, it probably. I mean, it, it clearly. I don't think it can be the same Wolfman. The guy who right. plays the human version of Wolfman seems like a very modern dude. Who's who's? Yeah. I mean, if he had been Wolfman that long, I think he would have figured out a way to like deal with his issue, like a, a cage he can lock himself in or whatever. I think you uh, could keep. Obviously, you have to keep Dracula. Yeah. Um, I think you could keep the mummy. I think the yeah. mummy would make sense. Yeah. Maybe the creature. Or maybe you get a different, like a stand-in for the creature. Maybe, but I think maybe you get maybe now that we've got the money, because clearly this is going to be a high, highly budgeted film that we're making. Yeah, um, we get the actual creature from Black Lagoon, and then, okay, and then Ret- Retcon, the Gill Man, is actually an offspring of Creature from Black Lagoon, son of Creature. Yeah, son I like creature. it. Yeah. And since we have the money, we can bring in the glaring omission from the original. The Invisible Man. Oh, there we go. Okay. Invisible Man has been watching from the shadows the whole time in Monster Exactly. 
Okay. But since since this is a prequel, you could kill the Invisible Man, and it won't oh, affect the original. That's why he's not there, right? Exactly. That's perfect. Exactly. That's perfect. I guess Frankenstein's monster could still be in it. I wonder if we try and bring in the bride. Uh, yeah, we could do something with the bride for sure. Real, real I mean, quick. Yeah, uh, this might be going a fridge too far, but if the scare, if quote unquote scary German guy was the Invisible Man. Right. He was originally part of the gang mm. and then revolted. And he's the one that had to take them down originally. And then he, you know, cured himself of the invisible juice or, or he stopped taking the invisible juice or whatever. Or maybe like Indy helped him. Yeah. Indy helped yeah. him. Right. Something, something along those lines. Yeah. Yeah. That could work. Okay. Yeah. So Indiana Jones and the squad of monsters. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll work on the title. Yeah. We'll, we'll fix it in post. Yeah. We'll fix it. <laughs> we'll fix it in post uh but yeah depending on who has the rights to this monster squad i mean it's all about i mean you know what hollywood's about to blow up and good so everything's gonna be different so the rights we can get the rights for everyone For for sure and then um if i'm if we're gonna combine like the classic 80s what what you call it what if what if, and bear with me, Indiana Jones, scary German guy slash the Invisible Man, are trying to prevent Dracula and his team of monsters, including the bride, the mummy, and the creature. What if the MacGuffin is a mystical creature, another iconic 80s children's monster movie we need to bring into this cross- crossover? What if they're all fighting over Gizmo from Gremlins? Oh, and that, and then he gets water on him, and now we got okay. Gremlins. <laughs> oh man, it's chaos. That's a that's a good that's a good third act twist. We know right we know that they're after something like a like a like a super creature or like a super a weapon of some yes. kind. Yes, turns out that weapon is Gizmo in the third act. And then, like, and then there's some the maybe the, the creature's running away with him, jumps into the water because he's an idiot, right? And then, like, and then you know, multiplication, the whole thing happens. This could work, and that's the third act. That's the third act. And you know what? Everybody fighting gremlins. Call me a little ambitious. I'm just saying the post credit scene has to have a portal, like a time portal, <laughs> opening up at the end. And you see Arnold as a T-800 and RoboCop walk through. This oh, is the most 80s movie that, that's no, ever this, 80s. This this sounds like a, a post credit stinger. That's what that is. That's what I meant. That's what I meant. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, We'd like Ar- to talk to Ar- you about Arnie, the 80s. Arnie <laughs> says, come with me if you want to live. Yeah. Yeah. There it is. And maybe Dracula tries to make a move and RoboCop is just like, he stops him and like Dracula freezes and you know, your move creep. That's where I'm yeah, trying to go, go with that. There you go. Yeah. yeah. I was, <laughs> I was there too. I was trying, I was going to, I was going to shove in uh, the, your move creep if you didn't. So exactly. Like we were thinking the same thing. Perfect. Uh, you know what? I'd buy this movie for a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> so my, uh, the very be- when I first got Twitter, Mm-hmm. Uh, I I didn't I didn't care for Twitter at all when I first started. I I made a joke account that was that was at Robo Boddicker. and so it's a mix of rewrite RoboCop and Clarence Boddicker from from the first RoboCop movie. And the mm-hmm. only thing I tweeted was RoboCop quotes. That's the whole <laughs> that's the only thing the account did, and it was terrible. 
I don't think I got a single like on anything. And I, <laughs> and, you know, I don't know if you're aware of this, but uh, quotes are limited in number. And so uh, very quickly after tweeting three, four tweets a day of different quotes, I ran out of quotes very quickly. <laughs> and then I, and then I just stopped being on Twitter because I didn't care about Twitter at the time uh, yeah. and just lied dormant for like, I don't know, six, seven years until I finally revitalized it and changed, changed my Twitter handle handle to at Dill Gilbertson. We need to resurrect this account when this movie's coming out for publicity. Oh yeah. I mean, uh, or either, yeah, we either resurrect it or we sell all the rights to the movie and we get an additional paycheck by selling the Twitter handle to them. Uh, yes. They're obviously going to want it. Oh yeah. For sure. I mean, we're just printing money at this point. Yeah. That's how Hollywood was born, I think. We did it. Selling we Twitter s- handles. We solved Hollywood. We solved Hollywood. My God. <laughs> that's, a, that's a much bigger bag of cats that needs solving. <laughs> uh, yeah. If only it was that easy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I think it's getting to that time. All right. It's it's going to be interesting, though, because I'm not going to be like, hey, if you, you know, encountered every fucking monster, <laughs> would you die? Like, I'm not yeah. going to do that <laughs> to you. One V one uh, V. What is it? Five. Yeah. One V five. You said your favorite monster was was the wolf man. Yeah. I said mine was a creep. Oh, I never answered the second part of that question. I'll do that real quick. Yeah, in yeah. the Monster Squad, my favorite monster is Gilman. My favorite Universal monster is uh, Frankenstein. Okay, yeah. I love Bor- Boris Karloff's yeah. portrayal of him. And that one and The Bride of Frankenstein are, are my two favorite movies, I think. I think, so there's a difference for me between the favorite monster and the favorite movie. Dracula is my favorite monster of the original, but I do think Frankenstein is my favorite of the original movies. And for me, I think think he's, I think my favorite monster is Frankenstein and my favorite movie is Frankenstein, our bride. Yeah. But that still ties into the same monster. So yeah, yeah. same, 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 same. (laughs) And then Wolfman is my number two in both lists. Like he's my second favorite monster squad monster and he's my second favorite universal (laughs) fun fact. Yeah, all right, that's good. I'm a huge werewolf fan. They're so cool. They are. They're just so cool. There was a there's remember in like the 2000s, people were arguing about vampires versus werewolves. Probably had a lot to do with Twilight. Um, but like for Jacob Underworld as well. Underworld was big. Oh yeah, that was. I was always just like werewolves all day, dude. Werewolves. It's crazy that series had like five or six movies so many i think i dropped out after the third one i was i i thought they were fine i didn't i i didn't uh i didn't go whole hog like a lot of people did on the underworld movies those are solid if i find it halfway through while surfing channels i'll keep it on yeah 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 i I don't care which one it is Mm -hmm. (laughs) but all right if we formed our own monster squad Mm -hmm. you take wolfman i take gilman would we die? I think, uh, well, Gilman can just be killed by any regular means. Uh, but Wolfman, you need either a silver bullet or Beskar. <laughs> and like, I don't, I am, I don't know. I, so when I thought about this, the, the answer to this question before we started, 
I was like, mm-hmm. yes, I would survive. Uh, if not just because of that story that I told about when I was a child walking home, like I collected all the, all the stuff that I needed to survive, to kill these things. So like, I'm clearly prepared, but like now that I actually think like even just Wolfman, like, I don't know where I'm going to get access to silver bullets. Who's got that? Nobody. Right. I, mean, I don't even know where to find real silver. I don't think I have any real silver in my house at all, much less enough to, to smelt into a, a bullet and make a, a a a silver bullet for it. I think my answer is no. I don't oh, I I definitely would die. So you, <laughs> at, at one point, quick, very quick answer. At one point, it'd be one v two for you. So I'm I'm not much help. Okay, all right. <laughs> all right. I'm all sorry, right. but the Gilman is scary he is in this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because he's strong. If I remember yeah. correctly, he just picks up like Frankenstein's uh crate or yeah. something yeah and yeah, just like just, like it's just nothing like stand, just stands up out of this random lake in la just been chilling there for who knows how long and lifts frankenstein's casket out and just hurls it i don't know how yeah. many onto the onto the thing side note again how ridiculous this is like frankenstein's casket was just in this world war ii bomber being transported by these two schmoes like in there, like no, in the in the the box says in big bold print Frankenstein. Like, there's no way people in this world don't understand that Frankenstein is a real story, and I think that is criminally under talked about. Like it's the, he's he's around, and like people are yeah. just flying him around on a jet or on a on a bomber plane for some ungodly reason, and just I think there I think there's just things in that world that are real other than the universal monsters, but that are universally accepted that they don't talk about. Well, it's probably in, actually in the same universe as Indiana Jones, because he was probably on his way to Area 50, uh, oh, Area 51 to be we're already put, okay. put next to the Ark of the Covenant. <laughs> yeah, okay. I bet if you, maybe if you freeze frame on that last Ark scene and you zoom yeah. in, you know, on your iPad, you just, you pinch, you pinch and pull on your iPad mm. screen and you zoom yeah. in. I'm sure you can find Frankenstein's box in there somewhere. Exactly. And that's... honestly, you could just point at any box. Who's going to tell you no? Yeah, no. Yeah, that's for <laughs> sure. <laughs> it's the old the old lack of lack of proof argument. Like, you can't prove that's not it. That's clear. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Pro- no, tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's right next to the crate full of Yankee candles. <laughs> yeah, the, the cinnamon vanilla ones. I bet. <laughs> Are like the Rick and Morty Szechuan sauce that people went crazy for for a oh few years God, ago. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah. last bit of it is in a crate in between the yeah. Yankee Candles and yeah. the Frankenstein and the yeah. the fucking Ark of the Covenant. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah. So yeah we're, yeah, we're both dead for sure. Oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah. But you know what? It was it was fun because we died doing what we loved. That's um, right. Screaming and being torn apart by monsters. Yeah, in bloody pain. <laughs> in bloody pain. <laughs> so thank you for doing this so much with me. You have something exciting coming up. Yes, I have uh, on at, at the time of recording, it's tentatively set for June 15th. I have a Kickstarter that is going to start for a uh, the first issue of a series called My Neighbor Necromancer. Uh, and uh, it's about a girl who finds an old cabin in the middle of the woods uh, as you do 
And inside of it, she finds a, a kindly old necromancer, but her finding this necromancer has has uh, revealed his location to uh, a, an evil woman who's been searching for him for over a century. Uh, she's searching for the hand of death itself. And now that his location is revealed, she must learn to do necromancy herself to protect the secret. Um, and the reason that I wanted to do Monster Squad with you is because uh, Monster Squad, like this book, has a lot of horror elements. Uh, it is, um, it's sort of a horror book without being a horror book. Sort of makes the idea and concept of death more palatable for a slightly mm -hmm. younger audience. Um, and I think Monster Squad perfectly fit that bill. It's gonna be, it's gonna be amazing. Um, we've got a lot of really talented people on it. Jason Piperberg um, is is one of the best artists I've I've seen. Period. Uh, uh, Luca Romano, he is the colorist right now on Nottingham, which is a pretty popular book at Mad Cave. Um, he is, uh, I, I mean, I hate to use the same descriptor, but one of the best I've ever seen. He's so he's so brilliant, and I feel very lucky to work with him. We have a, a print that's going to be available um, by Laura Helsby, who is a UK artist. They are very talented. And then uh, JJ Lopez, who just got his DC Comics debut, um, is going to be doing a variant cover, uh, and that is I I can't I can't wait. I've never been more excited about anything I've ever written, and I'm so excited for people to see it. That's incredible, man. I I'm so excited for you. Thank I can't you. wait for this. And should everything go right at time of recording, like you said, this will be coming out. Uh, the Kickstarter starts June fifteenth. This episode should come out june 14th okay perfect That's so perfect. everyone listen everyone listen in tomorrow tomorrow set your alarms wake up get, go go uh, get your sleeping bag go wait in line outside around the corner for the laptop that people are going to be using i guess <laughs> I don't know. yeah yeah hey. i mean get in line a yeah, line yeah, yeah, any line, anyone will do. Go to Starbucks, get in the line. Go to the gas yeah. station, stand in line, buy some, buy some Cheetos. Just get in the line, and, and then, then donate to the Kickstarter while you're waiting exactly. in whatever random, random <laughs> right, line you're exactly. in. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, where can everyone find you on social media? Uh, so I'm I'm mostly active on Twitter at Dill Gilbertson, D I L L Gilbertson. Um, I have an Instagram. I'm gonna start using it more. Um, same same handle, Dill Gilbertson. And, uh, and you can uh, find more about me and my works and the Kickstarter at dylancomics.com. Awesome, man. Thank you so much for joining me today. This was a blast. Thank you for having me. It was, it was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Thanks again to Dylan for joining me and for talking about the Monster Squad with me. It was a blast. A reminder, I just became an affiliate for Fangoria, one of the premier brands in horror. I definitely recommend checking out their magazine and even subscribing. And if you decide to do that, don't forget to use the promo code WOULDYOUDIESHOW for 20% off your entire order. Another reminder, if you like my show and want even more Would You Die goodness, feel free to sign up for my Patreon. Bonus episodes, movie commentaries, and much, much more at $5, 10 and $20 a month. Check out my page now and you can sign up for a free trial on the $5 and $10 tiers to see if you like the bonus content. Any support you can give would be greatly appreciated. I'm happy to announce that next week Wednesday, June 21st, 
We are launching an Indiegogo campaign for my next short film, Spider. Some of y'all might be thinking to yourselves, wait a minute, wasn't that supposed to be Wednesday, June 14th? Yes, but shit happens, so now it's going to be June 21st. For realsies. Spider is a creepy crawly monster flick based out of my own low-key arachnophobia. It's also my first true monster movie that I'll be making, and I couldn't be more excited. More details will be rolling out soon, or should I say crawling out soon, but I can say it's going to star rising horror star Spencer Madison, whose credits include The Demons Within, Wolf Hollow, and Phantom Fun World. It will feature music from the great Josie Palmer, who longtime listeners of the show know very well, and Spider is written and directed by yours truly. Can't forget, yes, the spider is practical. I got a great crew assembled, and I can't wait to get started. Please consider donating if you can, and if you can't, it doesn't cost anything to share the campaign. Keep your eye out on my social media for more details. On this segment of I Know What You Watched Last Week, in which I tell you about the horror films I watched last week, I rewatched Predator and Jurassic Park, two of my favorite films of all time. Nuff said. Crazy how in the past few days we celebrated the anniversaries for Jurassic Park, Gremlins, Predator, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Raiders isn't horror, but fuck it, it's awesome. Love Raiders, one of my favorite movies. June 20th is the anniversary for Jaws, so that's coming up. So many faves released in June. June is low-key kind of epic. You can find the show social media on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Would You Die Show. Also, now you can follow me at TikTok, where it's become mostly shit posts of gizmo dancing to random music I find. You can find the Would You Die YouTube show on the Three Wise Men Media YouTube channel, where you can also find professional wrestling, trailer reviews, and much, much more. The music you hear in the beginning and end of each episode is composed by my friend Josie Palmer. Next week, the podcast finally tackles an Ari Aster film, but I'll leave you in suspense over which one. Until next time, I'm Austin Torres. Try not to die.